Good evening, everyone. It's good to see you again. <clears throat> it was so good to be in rescue with many of you, and um, our family has had a wonderful time coming down this way, and it's our real privilege. We, I said this last time, and I'll say it again. We love you all so much. We love you, the two of you, so much, and love this congregation, and it's just a real privilege um, I can't help. I, I'm very grateful for the message that the Lord laid on my heart to bring. I did not know that he had called our brother D home when he laid this on my heart, but uh, I was thinking about him entering into the great congregation and uh, being with Christ and being with his people. And this is the foretaste of that and the closest thing we have to our great desire that's being with each other and it's just such a privilege it's such a rare opportunity to be with brethren this far apart so I'm thankful for it very very thankful turn with me if you would to Matthew 28 <clears throat> Matthew 28 the message tonight is specifically for believers. I want to speak to believers. I pray that's what we are. And if we have never been believers before, I pray that's what the Lord will make us to be. Believers. I just want to speak to the Lord's sheep for a minute. Believers who have been made to know what we are or a believer who has been made to know what he or she is. And that is a sinner, a true sinner. You know, it's amazing how many people do not know that. It's amazing how many people do not know that. But for a believer who has been made to know that he or she is an absolute sinner in the flesh, a complete and total sinner in the flesh, and the only hope of forgiveness that he or she has is that God the Father chose to save him or her. And God the Son died to redeem him or her. And God the Spirit has called him or her. Do we have any other hope than that? That the Father chose us and the Son died for us and the Spirit has quickened us and called us to himself, called us back to God. For a believer who knows that that is his or her only hope before God, a soul who knows that this whole thing is God's will and God's work and God's way, and that's what a believer believes. A believer believes every word that has proceeded out of the mouth of God and a believer knows and believes the fact that every word declares that this was all his will, his work, his way, his everything, my nothing and his everything. For a believer who truly believes God Almighty, the sovereign God Almighty, there is no greater comfort than hearing and trusting these words of the Lord Jesus Christ in the heart 
and knowing by faith that he is saying this to me. He's saying this to me. If you look at the end of verse 20, he said, the very last half of the verse there in verse 20, he said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I pray that the Lord will speak that to our hearts. I am with you always. I am with you always, no matter where you go. Brother Maurice Montgomery used to tell the story of whenever he was going into the service, he was getting on a bus and he was headed out, you know, I guess basic training or wherever he was going. And his dad said, son, you always remember God goes everywhere, no matter where you go, no matter where you are. He said, I'm with you always. I am with you always. What comfort that brings to a child of God. What peace that brings to a child of God. God's people know, and this is the reason why it brings so much peace to them. God's people know that in their flesh, according to their own desire. Now, we just said this was all about his will, his work, his way, his desire. God's people know that according to their own desire and their own will, this is what they said to him. This is what we all by nature said to him. I reject you. Isn't that what we said? And only a believer will understand this. You tell this to somebody in the world and they say, what do you mean? I, I didn't say that to him. All of us by nature say, I am not with you. That's what the flesh says to God Almighty. I want to be far away from you. I despise you. What does Isaiah 53 say? He was despised and rejected. By who? Us. We've naturally said to him, I am at enmity with you. I'm an enemy of you. I hide my face from you. I choose darkness over you. I choose damnation over you. I choose torment and absolute destruction over you. Isn't that right? Every single one of God's children, including God's children in the flesh, in the wickedness of our sinful flesh, all of us have cried, leave me alone. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in that sin, he cried, I'm not going to do it. Leave me alone. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I am not going to leave you alone. It is not your will be done. Leave me alone. It's not your will be done. It's my will be done. And this is my will. I will receive you to myself. 
I will be near to you. I want you to be far from me. No, I will be near to you. I will love you and be your friend. I'm an enemy of you. No, you're not. He said, Abraham's my friend. I call you friends. I don't call you servants. He said, I call you friends. I will shine the glorious countenance of my face on you. I'll bring the light of truth to you. I choose darkness. Light has come to you. I will save you from all of your damnation and destruction. I will deliver you from all your torment and wrath to come. To every single one of God's people, this is what he cries to them. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I just can't imagine a more comforting thought than that. I am with you always. I want him to be with me. That's what I want. That is a child of God's greatest desire, to be with Christ after he conquers us. And we hear him say, I am with you always. Our greatest desire is to be with him. After he conquers us and quickens us, that's our greatest desire. When the Father draws a sinner to Christ, he draws that sinner. No, no man or woman can come to the Lord Jesus Christ except the Father draw that sinner to Christ. And when the Father draws that sinner to Christ, he causes the sinner to fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the draw. That's how the draw is made. He causes his people to fall in love with a person. They fall in love with a person. When salvation comes, when that quickening moment comes, God's people fall in love with a person. Do you remember what it feels like to fall in love? Do you know or do you remember the experience of falling in love? Hannah, and I'm not going to speak for Hannah, but I'll speak for myself. I'm more in love with her now than I ever have been. We've been together 20 years. Honestly, it love grows. But I'm talking about the I'm talking about that initial feeling of falling in love. You know what I'm talking about? You can't get anything done because you can't stop thinking about the person. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's just total, total, all-consuming love. You're just thinking about this person because you know how you feel about the person, but you don't know if the person feels that way about you yet. And it's just sickening. Your stomach hurts. You, your heart hurts. You can't eat. What's wrong with you? Upsick. Then you find out the person does feel the same way about me as I feel about the person. And everything gets kicked up a notch. And then you're tired all the time because you can't go home. You stay up too late. 
We all did, didn't we? When we were dating, we stayed up too late. And it's because you can't stop kissing. You just can't go home. You need one more kiss. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Love. Love. All-consuming love. That's the draw of the heavenly bride to her heavenly husband. It's not just some something that makes sense. Okay, let's do this because it makes sense. That's not how it works. Let's do this because I can't do anything else. Where are you going to live? I don't care. What if it's a cardboard box? I don't care. What if there turns out to not be any golden streets and pearly gates and all that stuff? I don't care. I don't care. It's about him. It's all about him. The heavenly bride says to Christ the husband, you have ravished my heart. And he says to her, all that I am and have, I give to you. Is that not what he has said? All that I am and have. There's no prenup. I've made you to be a joint heir with my father. Everything he's placing in my hands, he's placing it in your hands. Everything I am, everything I have, I give it to you. I will love you forever. We, we husbands say that and hope we mean it. I hope I mean it. He means it. He cannot lie. I'll love you forever. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, if we are sinners saved by the free grace of God with no hope in ourselves, and all hope in the blood of the one who loved us and gave himself for us. Then I want to read a few verses of scripture, and I want us to take some comfort in seeing and knowing that he is with us always. He's with us always. He always has been. He always will be. He is right now. He is right now, even unto the end of this world. Turn with me first to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's so comforting, isn't it? Many years ago, Hannah and I were down in Mexico, and I, I might have told you, I say the same thing over and over again. If I told you this, just bear with me. But we were down in Mexico, and uh, we were with Cody Groover staying in their house, and his Spanish Bible was on the coffee table, and I just wanted to see if I could recognize Spanish, so I thought, what scripture do I know? And I went and found Psalm 23, and in Spanish, verse 1 said, Jehovah es mi pastor. And it just hit me, the Lord is my pastor. The Lord is my pastor. I can't wait till we all get to glory and we listen to the pastor. 
But verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters, the green pastures and still waters of His Word. His Word is so comforting. It is so settling. It is so filling. Verse 3 says, He restoreth my soul in Him, in Himself. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness, His righteousness. And He does that, it says, for His name's sake. Now David said in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. He said, even though death is all around me, and even though I'm going to have to walk through that dark valley myself, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You're with me. He said, that's my comfort in it. You're with me. I know you will be with me. For true believers on Christ... Those who have truly been caused to cast their all on Christ. As we watch, we just found out today of a dear brother who has seen the Lord and experienced leaving this earth and leaving this valley of death. This place is death. This is a body of death. He's not carrying this around anymore. But as we watch our brethren go through this and, and when that very moment comes for us, we can take comfort in knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ will be with us. He'll be with us in that moment. We won't be alone. We passed through spiritual death with him on the cross of Calvary. He will pass through physical death with us when it's our time in Isaiah 43 verse 2 our Lord said when you pass through the waters I will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overflow you I'll be with you that just brings so much comfort to know that he's going to be with us in that moment I don't want to go through that alone and we won't none of us will as long as he's there there will be nothing to fear there's going to be no sting that's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, there's going to be no sting, no pain, no sorrow. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, I, I was afraid of this. That's what we're going to say. I was afraid of this. It's only going to be joy and peace and comfort knowing he's with me. He's with me. He's with us in death. Turn over to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verse 13. It says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest 
parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all thy members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Now look at verse 17. He said, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with thee. A few years ago, we were on vacation at the beach, and uh, I was sitting in a chair under an umbrella, and I started thinking about this verse of Scripture, and I looked down, and, and I didn't get a, you know, I didn't get a handful, but I just picked up a little sand, and I put about this much sand in my hand, and there was a broken shell right there with a point on it, and I thought, I'm going to count how many grains of sand are in my in my palm right here, and so I started dividing one grain at a time, and I learned that one grain can be about three or four grains stuck together, and so I was counting and counting and counting, and I kept counting and counting, and the pile wasn't going down, and counting and counting, and when I got to a thousand, and the pile was still there, I thought, well, I'm not doing that anymore, but here's the point. I looked down at all that sand I was sitting in, and I looked as far as I could see that way, and as far as I could see that way. And I thought about all the beaches around all the continents of this earth. And then it hit me, the sand doesn't stop at the water line. It keeps going. You know, our God doesn't lie. If he said this, he means it. David said in verse 17, How precious are thy thoughts unto me. Does it not amaze you to think that he has, we have thoughts on him. We're having them right now. But he has thoughts on us. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. He has been thinking about his people individually from eternity past. From no beginning. And he said in verse 18, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. He is with us in this life, the life that we're living here on this earth. We know he's going to be with us in death. He's with us right now, thinking on us, dwelling on us. And David said, every morning when we wake up, I'm still with you. He's still with us. We're still with him. We wake up to him. We wake up to his goodness. We wake up to his mercy. Every morning when we wake up, we're still with him. Look at Lamentations 3 with me. Lamentations 3, verse 21, it says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. 
The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Our Lord is with us, not only in death, but also in this life that we're living here on this earth. He is with us. He's with us. Now turn with me to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. I think this is just one of the sweetest portions of Scripture that we could possibly read. Isaiah 41, verse 10. He said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. This is our Lord speaking. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not. I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and you men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Our Lord is with us in all of our afflictions. We will have to endure afflictions and trials. We have to. We just have to. But he said, while you do, I will sit right beside you, and I will hold your hand, saying unto you, Fear not, this is of me. Whatever it is you're going through, it is of him. It is of him. And he said, That's what I'll say to the soul of my loved one. I will sit right there, and I will hold my loved one's hand, and I will say, Fear not, this is of me. This is for your good. This is for the furtherance of my gospel. This is for the calling out of my sheep. Everything that happens is for that reason. I love how Paul told the Philippians that, you know, they were all just beside themselves that Paul was in prison. And he said, this has all happened for the furtherance of the gospel. And it did. He wrote a couple of letters while he was in there. And we have them. But our Lord says, I will help you through this, and I'll make you glad in this. You will be happy in the end. Fear not. In every affliction, every trial we go through, he's with us. He's with us even in moments when we don't know he's with us and don't believe he's with us. He's with us. Even when we think he's far away because we can't see his face. We can't feel his presence. Do you ever have moments like that where you say, I just don't feel his presence. He's still with you. He's the one who puts you in that place saying, I don't feel his presence. Where are you? He, do, he does that. At all times, all moments, he's with us. He said, I'm with you always. 
And if we want to know that honestly, if we want to know that he's with us, if we want to hear his voice, we can find it anytime we want to right here in this word. He is with us in this word. Anytime we need to hear him. To every sinner in need of our Savior, he says, because you're mine, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll be a very present help for you. Look with me at Luke 23. Luke 23, verse 33. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots, And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss without any cause of his own, only because of his love and his grace and his heart of mercy that he had for us. He made himself to be with us on the cross of Calvary. He united himself with us in the feeling of all of our infirmities, all of our griefs, all of our sorrows, all of our sin before God. He was with us in the bearing of our judgment, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't you love that story? Nebuchadnezzar said, I thought we threw three men in there. Didn't we throw three? Yes, king, we threw three. He said, I see four. And one of them looks just like the son of God. How do you know what he looks like? He hadn't even been born yet. If you see him, you'll know. Our Lord was with his people. Our Lord is with his people. He was with them in the fiery furnace of God's judgment on the cross of Calvary. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came through all that. They didn't have any hurt. They didn't have any burn marks. They didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. That's how God's people came through the judgment of God with Christ on the cross. He burned in the furnace for his people, with his people, as his people. Revelation 1, John said, I saw him. This is what he looked like, and his feet looked like they burned in a furnace. And they did. They did. 
God's people are with Christ, and he was with his people in death, in life, in affliction, in trial, in judgment, in all of those things. Therefore, this thief on the cross said right here in Luke 24, look at verse 42. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. He said, Because I was with you in all those things, you're going to be with me. You will be with me in eternity, in paradise. He said in John 17, Father, I was with them. And because of that, my desire is that they might be with me. I want them to be with me where I am. I honestly cannot think of any greater comfort for a child of God than to know that right there. Our Lord is with us always, even unto the end of the world. And when the end of this world comes, it's only the beginning of our eternity with him. He's going to be with us till the end of this world. And then when that happens, that'll be the beginning of our being with him in eternity. You say that sounds like the same thing. It is. It is. He is with us. We are with him. And I pray the Lord will make that to be a comfort to our hearts. Paul said, oh, that we might win Christ and be found in him. That's all I want. I just want to be with him. I want to be in him. I want to be with him. May the Lord speak that peace to our hearts. Amen. Thank you, brother.